Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Marijuana. Let's take another look at a marijuana issue, okay? It's popping up all over the world, all over the country. So, it's with us. And we need to take another look at it, we need to study it, we need to understand it, and we need to kind of deal with it in our own personal lives as well as in the lives of our family. Now, first of all, <clears throat> we have now another state as of Monday, as of just last week, the state of Virginia, I'm pardon me, Vermont, state of Vermont has now become the ninth state in the United States to legalize the growing and the use of marijuana. We have nine states that are putting our youth at risk and putting our brains of all ages at risk. We're putting our criminal system at risk. We're putting our educational system at risk. We're putting our health system at risk, putting our uh, jails and prisons at risk, putting our police departments at risk, etc. Nine states have now taken the step to do so. The difference about uh, Vermont is this. They did not bring the matter to the vote of the people. So it wasn't a public, uh, popular vote. It was the legislature that voted. Just a small group of men and women came together to decide that this is a good thing for their state and a good thing for their people and a good thing for their youth. And it was a good thing for their educational system and, and so on. That's what they decided. Just a small group of people. Now, interestingly is this, is that uh, they limited it, at least at this point, to growing only a few plants in your backyard and only having possession of about an ounce of marijuana. Now, that's a lot of marijuana, by the way. And um, so you can grow in your backyard. So just kind of imagine the state of Vermont with every backyard now peppered with a number of plants of marijuana. Just think of that. They could have two very mature ones and four immature ones. So that's six plants. <laughs> the immature ones become mature, don't forget. So that's six plants of marijuana in the backyard. Now I have about six fruit trees in my backyard. So if I had six marijuana plants instead of six fruit trees, what do you think he would be doing? What do you think he'd be using? What do you think he'd be consuming? Okay? What do you think he'd be giving away to your neighbors? What do you think he'd be giving away to your kids? What do you think he'd be serving up in your home? Well, that which you grow. I happen to grow fruit trees. And I give away fruit. And we eat a lot of fruit. So, that's the concept here of the Vermont law. It came about through the legislative vote of a few people. It limited it to six plants in an ounce, and also limited it to people 21 years of age and younger. I mean, and, and older, but not 21 years of age and younger. 21 years and older can, can do that. They can grow it, they can have it, they can use it, whatever they want, but it's got to start in their backyard. It's got to come from their backyard. And um, when it comes from the backyard, then they will obviously uh, have as much use of it as they want and as they can produce. Some backyards will produce more than others. 
but it was 21 years of age that you have to be to grow plants like that. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you think somebody who's age 20 will not grow marijuana plant in their backyard when they have a backyard to grow it in? Or somebody who's 19 or 18 or 17 or 16 or 15? Of course they're going to grow it in the backyard. And of course they're going to grow it because their parents grew it. Or because there's space back there. Or I have my plants and you have your plants. So there, there's no control over that. You think the police are going to come in your backyard and count the number of plants you have? They don't have a police force designed to walk from home to home to home throughout the day, counting the plants in the backyards of everybody. They don't have that kind of a system. It's an honor system. If you're 21 years of age, you can grow up to six plants, have a, have a um, ounce, and life goes on happily ever after. So they think. So there's no control. There's no regulation. There's no police action. There's no criminal supervision over the misuse of marijuana plants in a person's backyard. Don't have that kind of thing. Now here's the research on this whole story. If parents smoke, let's just say cigarettes, okay? Parents smoke cigarettes. Children at the age of 14 start smoking. Their children at the age of 14, if they're going to smoke, will, start, will smoke at age 14. And the other point is that they will do that in large numbers. If the father smokes, 70% of the children smoke. If father and mother smoke, 80% of the children will smoke. So if you apply that to marijuana, there's a natural progression from adult to child. At age 14 and above, kids are not going to wait to 21 to use marijuana. Not, they don't do that today. In fact, the other way around, if somebody waits to age 21 to 25, to use marijuana, they don't use it. They don't use it. So kids start their marijuana use at 14, up until age 21 to 25. That's where they start, and that's when they use the, the majority of it. So Vermont is kind of fooling itself. When they say, well, it's 20, you have to be 21 to do this. That's nonsense. Not going to happen. It's going to go down to age 14. Now, the other thing that they have to... Um, bring into consideration and but did not is the brain develops until age 25 so even at age 21 if you assume that it's legal to use marijuana at age 21 and you're going to do so in on a regular basis you are taking a marijuana drug into your brain when it's immature and still not completely developed it's a developing brain at 21 it's a developing brain at 14 and 15 and 19. It's a developing brain at 22 and 24. The brain doesn't develop until 25. So much longer. Maybe a few, there'd be 24. But you see, even by putting the age at 21, because they did that because that's kind of like a drinking age, you see. So we thought, well, okay, if you can drink at 21, you should be able to smoke at marijuana at 21. That's kind of their thinking. It's nonsense. It's irrational. It doesn't follow the research at all. The brain is still developing, in you, and they're allowing the brains of the people of Vermont to be contaminated with a drug that will stun its growth 
It will impair its development and limit its function for the rest of their life. That's quite a quite an undertaking that the legislature took of Vermont. I don't know why they did that, other than they looked at the money that they'd be getting as a result of this. Now, you can't go out and open a drugstore, a dispensary. You can't do that there yet in Vermont. They're studying that, and probably in about a year or two, they're going to have that. They're studying it. You know, an interesting point uh, also in Vermont. They do not have a plan for educating the public about its use and misuses. They don't have a plan yet. All they did is they appointed a commission to study it. Well, that will take a year or two or three. They don't even know what, <clears throat> what the impact is going to be on, on um, safety of the highways. They don't know that yet. All they did was to appoint a commission to study it. That'll take a couple years as to what the safety level will be uh, in the area of um, marijuana use and driving on the highway. So here they allow it to have, or, or allow people to have marijuana, allow people to drive under the influence of marijuana, but they have no mechanism, they have no law, they have no regulation, and no policy to control it on the highway. They're, just, they're just studying it. And they're also, they have no knowledge and they have no plan as to how it's going to impact the um, healthcare system. Now, Healthcare system <laughs> is a big part of it. Emergency rooms pick up the effect of marijuana. You know, a lot of accidents, a lot of fights, a lot of impairment of various kinds. You know, take take place uh, when that's that case. But they don't know that yet. So the healthcare system is not ready. And when you talk to the ambulance drivers, they're already seeing the effects of marijuana by more fights and more violence and more deaths and more serious injuries. In fact, it's the policy of the ambulance drivers in the city in which I live is that they get called to a scene where drugs are involved. They don't go in until the police show up. So there may be a serious injury. There may be a serious effect going on there, but they will not deal with it until the police come because of the potential for violence. And yet our legislature want our people to have marijuana under even those conditions. It's strange, isn't it? So here you are, allowing marijuana to be grown and used, and it will be distributed. Of course it will be distributed. Uh, without any regulations, without any plan to educate or to control it or to manage it in the highway or anywhere else, and um, the interesting thing is they haven't given any thought. They don't have any plan in place in Vermont for how the schools are going to deal with the effects of marijuana. Kids with increased learning disorders, more attention deficit disorders, more behavioral problems in the school system. How are the schools going to deal with that? How is the police department and the jails going to handle more crime as a result of the marijuana use? You know, how are the emergency rooms going to handle the onslaught of many, many, many more people coming to emergency rooms under the influence of marijuana? 
What about the mental health system? What about the addiction centers and the addiction counselors? Have they prepared them for dealing with the increased level of addiction and how to treat these kind of people? You know, to a large extent, we don't have answers to any of these. These are areas we don't have any answers to. Yet we're allowing people to move into the use of a drug that will create these kind of problems and we don't have answers and the ways to deal with the people when they do come and bring their problems to the professional community in, in one form or another. So we're in trouble. We're in great trouble. And then obviously we have one other issue that just continues to be a problem, and that is the federal versus the state laws and power and rule. It's like in the sanctuary cities. You know, we have states, we have cities that are declaring themselves sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, even though that's contrary to federal law. Just like the use of marijuana is contrary to federal law. But we have states like Vermont who are proceeding forward and allowing it to be part of their uh, behavior patterns of their citizens, even though it's contrary to federal law. So how do they deal with that? How does the federal government deal with this? How does the state government you know, deal with it? This is going to be a showdown one of these days as to how uh, we're going to settle and we'll resolve this matter of conflict between the state and the federal governments on these kind of matters. You know, we have a um, federal law that's pretty firm and uh, doesn't look like it's changing. It will change. We have states that are changing it all over the place. That means that is the federal government going to withhold money to the states so that the states will have to really basically go it alone? Well, that's the plan in the sanctuary cities is for federal government to withhold funds. Now they'll have to withhold funds relative to the use of marijuana. That would be holding, withholding funds for health care uh, issues, educational issues. There's lots of money going from the federal government to states. And if the federal government started to withhold funds because of the fact that states are going wild and going in independent, then our states are going to suffer in their educational system. They're suffering their health care system, suffer in their criminal system because they're going to have to do it alone. They're going to have to finance that alone. And you can imagine what that's going to do to the tax levels of these states. So we're in for a crisis coming up. And I would predict within the, within the next four years, you're going to see a major crisis between the federal government and the state government relative to these kinds of issues. And who's going to prevail? And are we going to take our Constitution where the federal government prevails in these kind of matters? Or are we going to let the federal government go and let the state prevail? It's going to be a major, major blow. So give some thought to it. Give some plans to it and watch it. And form your own opinions about this matter. This is, a, this is going to be a constitutional matter. It's going to come before the American people. And uh, we're just seeing the beginnings of it. This is just kind of the state circling their wagons. We've got nine states now that are circling their wagons and saying, we have more power than the federal government. We have more control over our people than the federal government. Yet we want all the federal government's money. And we want all the rights and privileges of the federal government. Yeah, that's not going to stand. 
you can't have a country run like that. So let's see what happens. We're in for a crisis, and be prepared for it. Give some thought to it so that you know where you stand on these kind of matters, okay? Anyway, this has been the um, Psychology Report. Thanks for joining me. Website, booksbyhedberg.com. And um, my new book is being announced there pretty soon, so um, uh, keep an eye for it. It'll be out in about two weeks. And in the meantime, check it out, the website, and see if there's a book that might be of interest to you for reading now during the uh, late winter and early spring. So uh, certainly do that. And I would also encourage you to give some money to the local uh, rescue mission of your city. The Fresno Rescue Mission is certainly one here in Fresno. But every city has a rescue mission. Working with people who are homeless and who are drug addicts and who are jobless and so on. And um, trying to rehabilitate these people and give them a sense of dignity and a sense of uh, future. So the rescue mission of your city is worthy of a donation on your part. So send them a few bucks. You'll be glad you did, but they'll be very happy that you've done that. And they'll use it very well. Your rescue missions are well run. They've got great motivation. They have great intent. And they have good impact and effect. So it's money well spent. So go to the rescue mission of your city and support them financially and any other way that you can. Volunteer, perhaps. Okay, bye for now.